Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Kayla Mason. My name is Todd Ixenbaugh. Today, we are going to be learning from Josh Pizold, who is the Connection and Outreach Pastor at Bridgepoint Christian Church in Rhode Island. He is also the founder of Young Church Leaders, which is mainly what we're going to be talking about him today. And really what we're going to be talking about is the importance of really, whenever it comes to leadership, becoming a better person and not so much on the leadership principles and practices. So Josh is a great interview. Uh, He really has a heartbeat for discipleship and for wanting to bring people to uh, a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with Jesus. And so for us, it was awesome to be able to hear his heart and just hear how, for him, he wants to be able to do everything in his power to be able to empower him to bring the gospel to other people, to be able to bring the gospel to the world. And it's not just for, for people who are, who are in the church world. He has great principles he talks about in this, in this, in this conversation that apply to the business world and so many other areas of our life. And we are so excited to be able to bring this to you. Yeah. And you may listen to it and you think, man, that just, that sounds soft. That sounds, you know, like where's, where's the leadership at? And here's the thing that, you know, I think he mainly talks about is you have to lead yourself. And he really talks about leading yourself and becoming healthy because out of your, out of the person you'll become is how you lead. And so we're really excited to bring this conversation with Josh Pizold with you right now. Well, welcome to the podcast, Josh Pizold. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, we're so excited to have you on um, the Learner's Corner podcast to talk with you today, Josh. Um, Before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your role at Bridgepoint Church and what you do with uh, young church leaders? Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, so my, my wife and I moved out to Rhode Island a little, uh, right around five years ago to start the church. Um, it was myself and my wife and then two other staff couples moved from different parts of the United States to uh, start a church in New England. Uh, I think at that point in time, we weren't even exactly sure what state it was going to be in. Uh, but we knew that it was going to be somewhere in New England. But um, Jared Cowger, who's the lead uh, lead pastor at Bridgepoint Christian Church, which is the church that I serve at, uh, told us about New England, uh, the need for more churches here. It's the least church part of the entire country. And also uh, not just the lack of churches, but the lack of people actually attending and being a part of a church is very, very low. And uh, so we really felt the the burden um, to come on out here and truly not just build uh, a building or have a service, but really um, create the body of Christ here as it has been very absent uh, to uh, um, help people to not only know Jesus, but then to also help those that already did uh, to be on mission for him. Uh, So we moved on out here and um, we just celebrated our fourth birth, our fourth birthday this past March. And um, this weekend, while I'm actually on vacation, unfortunately, we are launching our uh, brand new, um, uh, our brand new campus, uh, the brand new, uh, our, um, our central campus for us to um, uh, be reaching more people for Jesus in the area that we're at. So, uh, but my, my, uh, my role there over the last several years has changed. I uh, began by overseeing groups 
and outreach, and then that changed from groups and outreach to then overseeing students and assimilation and outreach, and now I oversee connections and outreach. So the way that I kind of explain it to people is I help the church to connect with each other, and I also help us to reach out into the community. So I help people to get connected, and I help us to bring more more people in through our big efforts. Cool. But you, you've also started this move mag. I can't think of a better word to start called young church leaders as well. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, why you started it and how it got started? Yeah. So to make a, probably a long story short, um, this began a little over a year ago. Um, I have always loved writing. I've always loved, uh, young church leaders as I myself am one. And uh, uh, being in ministry now, uh, full-time ministry for almost 10, ten years, um, I really began to see uh, that this time of life for us, or this um, this generation, so to speak, we have information at our finger at our fingertips, and probably in ways that no other generation has had before. And I was constantly seeing resources that was really talking a lot about what to do, but not a ton about uh, really focusing upon the heart, about who you needed to become. So in, uh, in the midst of this, uh, we were in a sermon series at our church where our lead pastor, Jared, was talking about David, uh, King David. And one of the things that was so neat is that as we were going through this story, or through this series, it was really the main focus is pursuing a heart like his, uh, pursuing a heart like God's. And what does it mean for us, not just as young church leaders, but um, as followers of Jesus, to really pursue God's heart in all of what we do, whether it's in regards to ministry or family or our personal life. And as we were looking through that, one of the stories that David is talking about is that as Samuel was about to anoint David king over Israel, you know, kind of a big deal, right? Um, he started to go to each one of his brothers and those that were maybe more handsome or those that were taller or, or those that had better skill set. Um, but really what gave King David the anointing wasn't what he could do. It was who he was. He was always a better person than he was even a leader. So it was the heart of David that gave him the anointing to lead the people of, of God. So in the midst of this, I realized that what would it be like for us to give a greater sense of attention and focus truly developing the leader's heart in a focused fashion. And uh, during that time period, I also had a great mentor uh, that was investing into me um, that really encouraged me to begin to do this. If, if, if I'm really honest, uh, for the first uh, two and a half, three years of the church's life, um, I didn't really want to do any type of speaking. I didn't really want to do any type of writing or uh, blogging or anything like that because of what it had done to my heart in the past, uh, in the past so, several years before that, like seven, I had started my own blog and was writing and I would say that it became way more about me than it became about helping other people. And when I saw what it was doing to my heart, I really didn't, I didn't really want to do that. So, um, I sat down with some very wise people said what I was going, what I was considering doing. And then it kind of happened where it was just me. <laughs> it was me writing and talking about what does it really look like to pursue God's heart and also to develop the leader's heart. And it began as a blog. And over the last year, um, it has grown from a blog to uh, next-gen stories where we highlight different young church leaders from across the country and even the globe that says this is what God is teaching them and how they're developing their heart as a leader. And then we just launched 
a podcast se- several months ago, and the team has grown from one to now six, where we have people that do a number of different things. And these are all young church leaders, unpaid, that just believe in the mission and vision of what we're doing and want to help young church leaders around the world uh, help develop their heart. So that, that, that is a snapshot version. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure uh, being, a, being a young church leader yourself and being around a lot of them, you know, I'm sure you've probably identified, you know, what, what would you say are some of the unique challenges that come with being like a younger church leader? Man, there are so many <laughs> because I have lived them. But I, I think one of the biggest ones um, that's probably more unique to where we're at now, as I kind of mentioned, is that we have so much information at our fingertips. Um, mm. that I think that we mistake knowledge for, wis- for, wis- for wisdom and that we, we know maybe some of the right things to do, but we mistake that for knowing how that needs to play out in our context. Uh, so that's, that's just on a practical note is that we have so much of what to do that we get lost. And what does this really mean for how we would um, implement that with where we are at? Mm-hmm. And I'll say that there is a sense of probably, maybe you've heard of this from millennials or whatever else. I mean, I'm a millennial, so I can talk about it, but a sense of entitlement mm-hmm. as a young church leader um, of probably, it's not that we don't always respect those that are in authority over us is, but we sometimes bypass it, is we think that we can uh, lead or we need a place of influence, especially as we're in a Facebook and social media world now that is uh, able to get our faces and names out there in ways that we haven't before, but that's now what we see and we see that as success. So we see success as, as leading, as being the front runner, rather as leading as being someone that can follow really, really well. Um, so there's a couple right off my uh, top of my head about um, really some of the challenge, the challenges that we are facing. So some of it's like, how do we, how do we follow um, in a culture that celebrates being uh, the face of um, an organization or corporation, uh, a church? Um, mm-hmm. And how do we do, do that really, really well? So what, what are some of the things that you've done to overcome some of those um, challenges or obstacles that our generation faces? Yeah, I would say that uh, mentors for me has been something that has been incredibly beneficial as I've invited people to speak into my life since I was much, much younger. I am 30 years old now, so I'm not exactly that old, but uh, for the last 15, 20 years, I've been inviting people, uh, older men, uh, to speak into my life and uh, not just give me advice, uh, but to help speak um speak things into my life of what they see that is going on and wrong in my heart. Uh, most recently, I would say that I've been doing that uh, primarily with our lead pastor, uh, being able to say, hey, as I'm leading, I want you to say, if you sense that there's something off, that you can speak that into me. And I think that for a lot of young leaders, especially with those that are in authority over them, we have this sense of irritation or frustration or insecurity and in, in, in inviting that type of of feedback uh, because we're getting it from imperfect people, right? And until we are okay with that and believe that God can speak in and through them, um, we're really going to miss out on a lot of what what they have to say. So one is allowing people to speak into your life. Um, Another area that I would say is really uh, a necessity of consistent self-reflection. Like if, if I were to ask you guys, um, what did you learn about yourself or what is God teaching you last week? 
um, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, on Tuesday. Uh, it would be probably hard for most of us to be able to answer that question. So what happens, I think a lot of times God has to repeat himself over and over and over again to get our attention with the things that are the deepest inside of our heart. So for me, one of the practices I've just started doing for probably the last year is journaling and being able to do that in a way that um, I can go back to and reflect upon it so God doesn't have to keep screaming at me as much. <laughs> so that journaling, um, is it you reflecting on the past day? Is it you reading scripture and then like writing or what? Like take us through like what when you say journal because journaling can mean a lot of different things. Correct. Like walk us through what that looks like for you. Yeah. So I don't mean uh, pull out your diary and show <laughs> your emotional feelings about here's what I did today and here's how this person who is in authority hurt my feelings because whatever. Uh, not quite that though it might include that. Um, so what I do is I use an app called Day One. And day one is a journaling app that syncs with your computer, your I, your iPhone, iPad, all, all those different things. And um, what I what you have is you have different fold, you know you, you can create different folders. So I have different folders uh, for my time with God. I call it First Fifteen. Uh, first Fifteen is something that we've used as our church. I know that other churches have used it before too. But it's all about making it your first priority to spend 15 minutes a day with God in, Bi- in Bible study and prayer. It's not about you do it at the very first thing, and though a lot of people do. It's about making it your first priority. Okay, so a couple of questions that I ask myself during just my personal time with God is it just begins by me asking, um, reflecting on what has God been consistently telling me? And I think that, that that really helps me because it's what has God been trying to get my attention on or what I know that he's been saying that I've either neglected or I need to give more attention to. So during my time of journaling, I just begin to start to type down, hey, what what has God been trying to tell me that I need to be paying attention to? So uh, a, a prayer that I kind of prayed during it is, uh, Lord, please, please bring, to, bring to my mind what you've been trying to tell me. Help me to remember or to identify what you've already said so I can honor what you're trying to do in my heart. So just a way for me as I am reflecting upon that. Uh, Another way of asking that, another question that goes along with that is, um, how is my heart changing or being changed by Jesus? I think it's really important for us to be able to reflect upon and acknowledge, like, how are we different as a result of what Christ has done and what is he trying to produce in us? I think a lot of times we are able to give our before and after picture, but it's very difficult, I think, to at some time say, this is how we're changing. This is how we're being changed as a disciple of Jesus. We always hear usually from leaders and things like that. This is who I was and this is who I am now. But it's different between saying, hey, this is what it means to really look like being a work in progress to the point that when we see that, we're almost afraid of it because we see the imperfection of people. So I asked that. Um, Another one that I felt has been very um, beneficial for me over the last several months has been what emotions have I been feeling that God wants me to investigate further? So what emotions have I been feeling that God wants me to invest, uh, investigate further? And so, and what's so cool about that is you begin to ask the same thing. Like God, bring to my mind what these emotions are that I'm feeling that you want me to give some deeper attention to. And you start to all of a sudden see a picture in your mind of an interaction you had with the call with a colleague or, or something where you're feeling frustration or irritation or pride or even something good like joy 
Mm-hmm. And you go, what brought me joy in that situation? And what does God want to teach me in and through it? So it's not just things that are bad. It's about being able to constantly evaluate your heart and allow God to speak into those areas. Um, so then like, I have a time of reflection every single day where I do that at the beginning. And then I go into a time of, of scripture. Um, and I do the soap, the soap method. I read through a section of a section of scripture, scripture, observation. God, what are you trying to bring out here? Application. How does this apply to my life? Um, and then I go and pray. Um, I've also just begun implementing uh, Craig Crochelle's uh, words to live by. I don't know if you guys have got a chance to look into that, but if you haven't, uh, I would definitely include that in the show notes or something. But it's been really, really great to begin to reflect and identify, like, what are some things, uh, some truths that God has spoken and is speaking into my life that I need to remind myself every single day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely include those in the show notes. Um, so... You know, you talk about one way that you lead yourself on a day-to-day basis. What would be a couple of other things that you do every single day to um, to just grow yourself? So I've created a productivity plan uh, that basically maps out how I intend to be productive in my life. So not just in regards to work, but what does it look like for me to be productive as a dad, as a husband, um, as uh, I would say a disciple of Jesus, but that encompasses all the areas <laughs> of my life. But uh, as a past, as a pastor, um, as um, you know, as 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 I do all this stuff on the side, um, so I basically create a productivity plan that maps out what I do um, each day and why I do it and when it's happening. It's the blocks. Uh, block scheduling uh carrie new newhoff high impact leader if you guys haven't checked that out yet you should he talks about block scheduling uh frank beeler talks a lot about that too how it's something that's been very beneficial to him but for me the secret is is i um i indicate why i do each thing and for me i have visual reminders that show me when i'm doing it why I'm doing that thing. So an example, if I'm working on assimilation, uh, assimilation is all about helping those that aren't connected in a relationship with Jesus to help them to get connected. So I have a visual picture as I'm working on that. Um, The basic idea is that it's a picture of someone and it says those who are far from God are waiting. And it's this idea that us as the church, it is our call to go to them. It is not um, it is not the reality that they are going to come to us. So for the assimilation side, I need to be able to focus in on why I'm doing what I'm doing. And for me, a picture is like um, those that are far from God are waiting, and they're waiting for the church to go to them. They are they are waiting for me to give them a call. They are, uh, they are waiting to be followed up with. It cannot be something that um, it's kind of like if all of a sudden I knew that we were about to have this meeting right now, and you guys are sitting there on the computer waiting. Like that should produce like some angst in me that I'm wasting your time, uh, that I am not providing you value. And for people, for people, for people who are far from God, man, that is the biggest thing: is that they are waiting on the hope of Jesus, and it is my call to bring it to them. So I better be able to use my time wisely to make sure that I can manage that well. Um, so visual reminder: creating a productivity plan that matches out what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And then I just, I started using an app. I forget what it's called. I think it's called To Do. And basically, 
basically I work in time blocks where 30 minutes straight and then like a five minute break. 30 minutes straight, five minute break. And you do that like four or five times and you get like a 15 minute break and then I walk around, annoy someone, <laughs> do some push-ups or something, I don't know. But, um, but it, it really helps you to focus in on those minutes of, of how long uh, you really need to be, fo- be focused in. You know, one thing that we wanted to talk with you about, you know, just as we were looking on the Young Church Leaders website, you know, it says, you know, as young church leaders, whether in age or experience, who you are becoming should always be given more attention than the ministry strategies you are adopting. When you focus yes. upon becoming the right person, you will inevitably do some right thing. What, what led you to be so focused on, like, this mindset instead of, like, more of, like, the how-tos and what-to-dos of leadership and leadership principles? That is a great question. Um, I would say that it has very little to do with me and it has all to do with Jesus. Um, one of the things that I believe is Jesus knows how to live my life better than I do. Oh, wow. One of the things that, one of the things that scripture continuously mentions is that who you are is more important than what you do. It actually references that what you do indicates who you are. <laughs> so if we give all the attention, all the focus upon doing the right things, but don't become the right person, you'll probably inevitably do all the wrong things <laughs> or you'll only do some right things. But if you become the right person, if you focus upon doing that, God will bless it. It's a good tree becoming a good tree <laughs> that will then produce good fruit. It's not the other way around. Um, so for me, um, I really began to see that there was so little attention being given to it. And it was very hard to define and it was very hard to make pra- uh, practical for people. Um, so I wanted to really make some of the intangible tangible uh, to a young church leaders, to a community of, pe- of people that are being screamed at about what to do. And they focus on it because they want to do the right things. The motives, I think, a lot of times are pure. But when you continuously focus upon just doing things, you can neglect your heart, which doesn't end up good. I mean, scripture talks about it. If you look at it, like, uh, talks about that, uh, out of the mouth, uh, from out of the mouth, the heart speaks and everything that you do flows from the heart. So think about it. Everything that you guys have been talking about today, everything that I've been talking about is a result of my heart. Uh, all the ministry strategies and thinking, uh, that we do is a result of what God is doing and taking place in our heart. And if we give training and focus attention and to strat it into strategy, but not developing the heart, then what you produce could be not what God wants. What is the connection between having a healthy heart and being a good leader? Uh, I think they kind of go hand in hand. I mean, you can be a, a, I would say a good leader in regards to the world standards and have wrong motives, but just accomplish the mission. And, you know, uh, getting, um, gaining profit, um, having a company or business grow. But when you speak of leadership, um, uh, being for the benefit of others, and that's really what leadership is. Like leaders exist for the benefit, for the good of those that they are leading. Um, so leaders really exist um, because they are to serve those that they are leading. So it is impossible for you to lead those um, well when your heart is not pure, when you don't have right motives, because then you'll be leading them to yourself and you'll be not um, working to the good of them. Um, So you see this play out all the time, whether it's in the corporate world or whether it's in the church world of leaders who um, have 
just sin in their life. And what ends up happening is, is that they try to make their name great or um, they want to have their idea be pushed to the front. And that's whether you're in the first place position or whether you're in the last place pos position or whether you're leading a team of volunteers or whether you're leading a team of staff is um, the heart really affects everything that you do, which impacts the individuals that you are leading. I, I don't think there's really any more profound way of saying of saying it other than mm. if you don't have a heart like Jesus, which is willing to sacrifice for those that, that need you, um, <laughs> then you're really not a leader. And your heart is the greatest indication of that. And the tricky thing with that is that people can't really see your heart, but they can just see what it produces. Mm -hmm. So um, people aren't stupid. Those that are leading you uh, can see evidences at times of... Uh, the sin, the sinful nature creeping out um, of how when you don't have pure motives towards towards something, or you're more irritable um, uh, towards someone, um, or you have expectations that aren't realistic, uh, whatever that might be. But protecting your heart, making sure that it is healthy, uh, I also think really allows you to hear from the Holy Spirit more about what the people that you lead need. Um, you know, there, there are times when I know that I am not healthy, that as I lead my team, um, I try to do what I think is best. But when my heart is healthy and I'm being more submitted to what Jesus wants, I think the Holy Spirit has more of a playground, so to speak, to speak into my life about what needs to change for them. So there are times where, um, I feel like, uh, Jesus just says, Hey, I need you to talk to this person. And gives me insight and wisdom into areas of their life that like I wouldn't have, um, and then gives me the grace and patience to know like how to deal with that. And when your heart isn't healthy, that is all just based upon like what you think. And it's not that the Holy Spirit comes in and comes out and leads us and whatever else. It's just kind of what I mentioned. Like you allow Jesus to say like you have control over my heart and what you want uh, in this moment. And if you can make that consistent, and the, pe the people that you are leading are going to be so much better off. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we tend to underestimate the importance of you know focusing on the heart and leading our own hearts? I think probably because it's so intangible for many. Uh, we don't really like the best. One of the biggest things that we have is we say, "Well, just spend time with Jesus," and like that takes <laughs> care of. <laughs> You know, like we, we just kind of think that like development of our heart is just through Bible study or our own quiet time. Um, so I think that it's, 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 it's tough for us to do intentionally. One, because we haven't heard it talked about much. So that's kind of why we're at Young Church Leaders. We're trying to give it more attention um, so that we understand that like it is a priority. It is the priority as a leader is to develop your heart first and foremost. Um, so we haven't heard about it much. Um, we haven't seen it really played out intentionally much. We kind of see this at times when we hear like a speaker or an author say things, not just about the heart, but like being an emotionally intelligent person about creating empathy for others, about being led by the spirit, not your own emotions, like dying to yourself. Like there's so many different talks that we hear and we go, man, I really resonate with that. And it's all about the heart. So we see it. But we haven't had focused attention given to it that really makes it tangible for people. Mm -hmm. What What do you do to lead your own heart, Josh? Man, <laughs> so now I'm going to sound like a hypocrite. Or I uh, I go I spend time with Jesus. <laughs> uh, no, but here's here's the short answer, and then I'll give you a longer answer. 
I pursue God's heart. So how you develop your heart is you pursue his. And I think that that is, uh, takes place, of course, in very focused, intentional time daily as you carve out time. You make it your first priority to spend time with him through reflection, his word. But you also do that throughout your entire day. Um, there's a book that I would highly recommend. It's called Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. It's a very old book. <laughs> but it's all about what does it mean to practice God's presence throughout your entire day. It's inviting him into it. And one of the things that I'm learning about that is that what does it mean to pursue God's heart in every area and every moment of my day? Um, I go into the morning. What does it look like to pursue God's heart as I say goodbye to my spouse or say goodbye to my son? So in the area of my, fam- my family or personal life, what does it mean to pursue God's heart in regards to the area of my ministry for that day? What does it mean to pursue God's heart as I have a frustrating inter- interaction, whether it's with someone inside of the community or someone from the church or uh, uh, a co a worker or a boss? Like, What does it look like to pursue God's heart in that moment? <laughs> What's so beautiful about that is it causes you to go to Jesus and say, you know how to live my life better than I do. And it's this constant redirection to him rather than just thinking that you're smart enough to just figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is I pursue God's heart uh, above my own. I have self-reflection that is ingrained. I also have accountability. So I have individuals in my life that are mentors, but then also peers that um, that I allow to speak into my life. So one of the things that I would highly recommend is being able to, if you're in a church setting or if you're in a work setting, just begin to um, ask very specific and focused questions to those that you work with. So an example, if you saw that there was like a ten, like a tension in a situation inside of that, and the person that you had tension with left, ask one of the coworkers, not, can you believe what that person said? Didn't they come off rude? Don't talk about them. Go, hey, do you think that the way that I spoke, was that loving? And after their mouth drops, because <laughs> you're inviting them to speak like real stuff into your life. You need to get feedback from the people that are around you and go, hey, how do I come across to you when I speak about this? When I when I talk about uh, the person that I met with or the success that I had, did I come across as prideful? Mm-hmm. See, most of the time within our heart, it's not like black or white, right? It's not full of pride and absence of pride. <laughs> it's not um, complete purity and lust. It's, it's not one or the other. A lot of times it's, okay, there's humility and then pride kind of trickles in at moments and then goes back out. Mm-hmm. So we have to be aware of that. So spend time with God, pursue his heart, Men- mentoring and accountability. But there's a couple different areas that I would highly recommend beginning to like really focus on in regards to like developing your heart. And that's one of the things that we're doing at Young Church Leaders is we're beginning to provide resources around some big areas so that people can even make it more tangible for them. Uh, One is that I would do emotional intelligence. It's this idea of being self-aware. And I believe that those who are self-aware in um, not just in like a psychology sense, but in a Holy Spirit sense, (laughs) um, is really developing their heart. So you need to be able to um, have resources, books, um, assessments, uh, 360 reviews all of those to begin to say like okay how am i becoming more self-aware regarding myself and what is the holy spirit teaching me and telling me regarding this so that's one the other thing is that i would begin to uh, begin to evaluate what your time with pursuing and hearing jesus what does that look like 
um, I've been really surprised that most of the leaders that I speak to, when they reference, like, I, one of the things that I ask is, what does your time with God look, look like? It's like, what is it? And a lot of it's very unintentional. It's, um, it's a lack of self-reflection in regards to what God's Word is saying. Um, and so, like, you really have to evaluate, like, what does your time with Jesus look like, and how do you make that even better? Uh, so emotional intelligence, time with God, uh, what does that look like? Um, but then I would also begin to try to think how to save this in the best way. <laughs> um, I would say that for many young church leaders, we need to learn how to follow rather than lead. Uh, we need to begin to learn how to be really good um, recasters of vision and mission and to begin to honor publicly and confront privately <laughs> and to begin to learn how to manage relational interactions. So it's this whole idea of community. Like, how do we do community really, really well? Um, and that's a part of developing your heart because it's all about relationships. Like, what affects your heart probably more than anything else is what? Relationships. <laughs> when are you the most frustrated, anxious, angry, upset, um, produce uh, the most uh, joy, uh, and all that all has to do with relationships. So we've got to learn how to do relationships better. And I think that the church should be the best at the best at that. <laughs> you know, as we're wrapping up, you know, one question that we always like to conclude with is, what are you learning right now, Josh? Oh, man. So good. So good. <laughs> well, one of the things that I... I just started doing, um, I just turned 30 in March and I began to write out what have I learned over the last decade of my life? Like, what are some of the things that have defined, um, who I am? big things I think God has been teaching me over the last uh, year is one is that, um, that he has called me to work for the kingdom, not my calling. So work for the kingdom, not your calling. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of times young church leaders are so enthralled with what they are to do that we get lost in the king, the kingdom overall. And you see, um, Jesus specifically, um, his kingdom is so much bigger. And in 200 years, uh, people aren't going to remember my specific role, but they are going to still have the kingdom. They're still going to have the gospel. And part of my role is to be able to humbly come before and not be so focused upon what I do and be more focused upon the whole. Um, so I think how this plays out is a lot of young church leaders as they are in a church setting or whether they're considering doing a different ministry, ministry, uh, ministry focus or a parachurch organization or nonprofit or whatever else. We can get so, so cap, uh, captivated by that that we miss God is calling us to locally, but we also miss the big picture. But we say, unless I get to do that, I don't want to be a part of the kingdom. And we don't say that, but that's kind of how we play it out. Is we say that we have to have the specific skill set, the specific roles, the specific title. And that's not what God is saying. God is saying that my kingdom is bigger than your calling. And his question is, do you want to be a part of it, regardless of what title you have? Um, so that's one. Another thing that um, I think God has really begun to kind of put on my heart is God measures um, faithfulness, not applause, is what God measures. So faithfulness, not applause, is what God measures. Um, so God doesn't measure how many people are clapping for us. 
and how many likes we get and how how many people come to our church though growth is important but what god measures is are we faithful to him and each one of us has to determine like whether we are being faithful or not and even in a sense like we can look like we are being faithful yet deep down we know that we are not giving what we need to what god's calling us to um with on our young our young church leaders team we actually created a a team team values and one of our team values that we have is local is local church first and what that means like for us is we are doing all of this outside of the context of our local church like we are doing this on the side how easy it would be for it to take the place of Mm-hmm. or trump what we are doing there. Uh, so for us, uh, having the local church first really helps us to be faith- faithful to what God is uh, calling us to. And the, the last one that I'll just briefly mention um, is learning to hear God's voice takes consistency. I would say that over the last 10 years of my life, that is probably the biggest truth, is learning to really hear what God sounds like, really what his voice feels like. We're, requires a consistency of me going to him over and over and over again. And, you know, doing the Father's will is most beautiful when it's not demanded. Me doing what God wants is most beautiful when he doesn't have to tell me directly to do it. It doesn't have to be a neon sign. It's a difference between, so my wife and I are, you know, we've been married for the last eight, eight years. And what's most beautiful to her it's not when she has to ask me to do something. It's when I know what she wants and I do it anyway. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Is that for him, there's, there, there are things in our life that we know that he is calling us to do, that he would want us to do. And it's most beautiful is when we can know that enough, where we spend enough time with him that he doesn't have to say it. We just know what the Father would want for us. Mm-hmm. And we just go ahead and do it. So those are just a couple, a couple of things that God has been teaching me. And uh, I've been trying to unpack of, like, what does that look like in a practical sense uh, to really do that, uh, to live that out on a daily basis and how that affects my heart. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast, Josh. We love having you and love learning from you. If people want to continue to learn from you or find out about young church leaders, how can they do that? Well, they can just go to our website at youngchurchleaders.org. Um, there's all the social media sites that you would want to kind of follow us on that. We're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Um, But if they have a question for me direct, uh, direct, directly, they can send me an email just at josh at youngchurchleaders.org, or they can send me an email at josh at bridgepointchristian.com. So email is great. Uh, or they can connect with me via social media. Great. Thanks so much, Josh. I appreciate it, guys. Coming out of that interview, I think the most important thing to grasp is that it's less about what we do and what we know and our status and so much more about who we are, our character, and ultimately who we are in Christ. For us, it is so important as leaders, particularly young leaders, to be able to understand that our leadership is only possible because we ultimately belong to the kingdom of God. For us, we need to continue to grow in our faith. We need to continue to grow in our relationship with others and put others before our tasks. 
Now, on the next episode, we're going to be talking with Clint Pugh, who is the executive director of worship and production at Freedom House Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we're going to be talking with him about team building, leadership development, and worship. The best way to make sure you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or on your podcast player. If you want to see some of our key takeaways from this episode, check out our show notes. So the show notes are a great way for you to stay connected to this conversation long after we're done talking. Um, for, for, for people who are out there listening, if you use whatever podcast player, there's usually a description tab. All you have to do is click on that and there will be a drop down. In the drop down, there's all sorts of just really valuable information. There are quotes from the interview. There are any website links or other resources that the, per, the, the individual um, might have mentioned. And so it's all there for you to continue to grow and learn um, and be a part of the greater conversation that we're having. You can also show your appreciation for the podcast or show your love for unicorns by hitting us up on social media. You can like our Facebook page, Follow us on Instagram at The Learner's Corner or follow us at our Twitter handle at Learner's Podcast. Until next time, keep learning and keep growing.